This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hello and welcome to Saver Production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about rice cookers. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's well known to listeners, uh, I'm afraid of cooking rice. And in fact... I just received a, a message from a listener about how to cook rice. And I love oh, yeah? you're very, you're very, very kind to me. And I really love it. How many people have written in and been like, it's okay, Annie. Here's how oh. you cook rice. <laughs> um, but I did actually recently inherit uh, a rice cooker. Uh-huh. And I am too afraid to use it. I know it's supposed to be very easy. Uh, and actually, I cooked rice the other day. And I looked at the rice cooker. I had done the research for this. And I was like, nope. Not today. Maybe oh, later. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, okay. Well, uh, what what kind of rice cooker is it? It's a, I think it's an instant pot, actually. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I'm a little scared of those, too. I, I've just never used one, so I don't know. It's the unknown that's Yeah, scary. exactly. <laughs> and I don't have the book because I got oh, it from somebody, right. so I don't have the instruction manual. Well, you can look that up on the internet, Annie. I did look it up. Oh, okay. And I'm still... Okay. I'm still wary. <laughs> still, all right. That's all right. That's, yeah. hey, no, no, no. New things are scary. That change Thank is scary. You. That's, I get it. I get it. Um, <laughs> and also, I'm so sorry that I've made you do two episodes about things you fear in the same week. Yes. You're trying to make me have a mental breakdown or something. <laughs> it's okay. This is my long con. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is actually some kind of weird intervention <laughs> therapy. <laughs> breakdown situation. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm like, all right, what what can we work on next week? Let's work on you. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> I'm the subject of some strange podcast I'm not aware of. <laughs> I was telling you I I went to go visit my mom a couple weekends ago and I was telling her about the rice cooker and how I thought the jingle at the end was very frightening. And she said to me in a very fond but exasperated voice, you make everything frightening, Annie. (laughs) (laughs) Might be all those horror movies you watch. And I was like, yeah, fair. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, No, it's because it's pretty true. Like, I feel like about 20% of the time that I say something, your immediate reaction is like, oh, that's like a horror movie. (laughs) And it's nothing near a horror movie. (laughs) 
I'm like, I was talking about mangoes. And you're like, I know. Exactly. It's <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> about where we are. Uh, but you, you do not fear the rice cooker. Uh, no, no, I, I love a rice cooker, um, mostly because, I mean, I, I'm perfectly capable of cooking rice on a stovetop. Um, like, you kind of have to pay attention to it, which is annoying. Um, so I love a rice cooker because, like, as long as you have, like, used the rice cooker a couple of times, you know what you're dealing with, you can set it and forget it and do everything else that you're trying to do and come back to it when the rice is done. And maybe check on it once or twice as opposed to, like, twice a heckin' minute. Um, and yeah, and it just, and it comes out and it's rice and then you have rice and I like rice. So this is great. It sounds great. And people <laughs> love rice cookers. People they use do. them for all kinds of stuff that I was really impressed with. Like, really? Oh, you can yeah. use it to make that? <laughs> yeah. Um, my Googling just before we stepped in here, um, turned up that Roger Ebert, like, like of Siskel and Ebert wrote a whole cookbook of just like like recipes for what he called the pot uh which is just a rice cooker yeah so who knew i know i mean everyone i know that has one is very fond i just wasn't aware i wasn't aware of how much stuff huh. you could do with it i mean at a certain point it's 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 just a hot thing that you can put stuff in so true and people put all kinds of stuff in there. Very creative. Gosh, they do. They do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can see our rice episode. For uh-huh. more information on that mm-hmm. one. Also, induction cooking episode. Yeah, yeah that's going to come up. Yeah. And uh, this is one of those where uh, th- this will spawn many future episodes as well. Yeah. Awesome. So. Fun with pronunciation. <laughs> gonna do our yep. best <laughs> yeah 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 a lot of these are are japanese and i can hypothetically help you a little bit um but Love al- also my japanese accent is really borked my my professor in college had an okinawan accent by way of boston um so <laughs> i'm not sure mm-hmm. what i sound like <laughs> I know a listener, I'm sorry, I can't really remember who, but hopefully you're still listening because it's very kind, but wrote it and said that your Japanese accent was very Southern and, and cute. So, well, that, yep, that, there you go. There, there you go. Yeah. So, oh, I will take it. I think it's very sweet on your behalf. Um. All right. With all of that, yeah, lead yeah. Off, I guess that brings us to our question. Mm hmm. Rice cookers. What are they? Well, uh, a rice cooker is an electric appliance that's meant to cook rice to perfection automatically uh, with very little intervention from the human cook. Uh, You just measure in your dry rice and your water, you turn it on, and in like half an hour or so, you've got lovely tender rice. Um... It's a robot that, if it could want things, would want you to eat good rice. Uh, it's it's like a like an automatic coffee machine, but for for rice. I love it. Sounds <laughs> sweet, but immediately I'm like, what if the AI? Oh my goodness! <laughs> rice cooker oh, comes no. like you make bad rice, only eat good rice. Uh, there it is. There can't, it is. Can't help it. <laughs> can't help it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, okay. Uh, uh-huh. Backing away from the dystopian <laughs> AI AI horror plot evil line. AI. <laughs> back back to rice. Oh, okay. okay. Fine. <laughs> uh, okay. What when you're when you're cooking plain rice, what you're usually doing is uh, boiling uh, dried rice grains in water. Uh, like like equal parts to twice as much water by volume, depending on the type of rice you're talking about. Um, the rice is done when all of the water has um, absorbed into the rice and or steamed off. And the grains are whatever degree of tender you're looking for. Um, it is ideal if you can do this without like melting a layer of rice into a sticky burnt mass at the bottom of the pot. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> 
And there are a few ways to accomplish this automatically. Um, all are going to start with an electric heating element set into a base that can also hold a cooking pot. Uh, you add rice and water uh, to the pot. You cover with the included lid. Um, the heating element heats the pot, which boils the water. But how does it know when it's done? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. How does it know? <laughs> yes. This has turned into like one of those investigative shows I used to watch when I was a kid. But how <laughs> did they know? <laughs> hmm. This is not unsolved mysteries. This is just rice cookers. I, it's not that. <laughs> it's an unsolved mystery to me. So. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, let's get into it. Okay. okay. All right. Um, The classic technology, the least expensive, the type I've got in my kitchen, um, operates on a simple, heat-sensitive, magnetized switch. Okay. Uh, you turn this type of rice cooker on by pressing down a switch on the outside of the unit. And when you do, you'll hear like this little clonk. Um, that's because the switch is connected to a lever that brings two, um, a lever or a spring, depending, um, that brings two conducive surfaces in contact with each other, completing an electrical circuit and thus powering the heating element. Um, the circuit stays closed because the two surfaces are magnetic, but one surface, the upper surface of the pair, is made of a material that's only magnetic up to like 100 to 102 degrees Celsius, like right above 212 Fahrenheit. And that's the boiling point of water. Uh, and that's important because, okay, so um, as the rice is cooking, because water boils at 100 uh, Celsius and won't go above that temperature at like normal earth pressure, the temperature at the bottom of the pot holds steady at 100. The temperature is in check thanks to the presence of the water. But when all of the water is absorbed and or boiled off, the heating element can get to work on the, the pot and the rice itself, which can get considerably hotter at normal earth pressure. So the temperature at the bottom of the pan leaps up. At which point, our temporary magnet stops being magnetic and drops the other half of the pair, breaking the circuit and turning the heating element off with another little clonk. Okay, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not too scary. Yeah. Pretty rad. Pretty rad. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> All right. So that's the cooking function. What about the warming function? All right. This one works thanks to another type of heat-sensitive switch called a bimetal switch. Um, a bimetal switch is a type of switch that's made up of two types of metal sandwiched together. Makes sense, yeah? Um, mm -hmm. uh, each of these two types is chosen because they're bendable and because they expand at different rates when exposed to heat. So the switch will start out flat, but will bend one way or the other at different temperatures because the metals are expanding or shrinking at different rates. Um, and you can use this property to connect and disconnect a circuit at different temperatures. Um, in the case of our rice cooker, at around 60 Celsius or like 140 Fahrenheit, which is fairly cool, um, the switch will bend and connect the circuit, turning the heating element on. But at around 80 Celsius or 175 Fahrenheit, fairly hot, uh, the switch will bend the other way, breaking the circuit and turning the element off. And it will keep toggling, um, holding the temperature of the pot nice and warm until you unplug the unit. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I get we I found so many essays, I bet you did too, Lauren, of people just like waxing poetic about their love of their rice cooker that they might have named um <laughs> and has passed on. And I was like, Oh, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, people love I, them. <laughs> I didn't I didn't find any of those. Uh in mm. fact, I found it relatively difficult to to get to the bottom of this direct explanation. Like I wound up I wound up trying to read schematics that are all in Chinese. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> a lot of them were, were, were translated into English and very well. Um, but like all of the all of the diagrams were in Chinese. And I was like, oh, I think that's what they're talking about. But it's hard to tell. Hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I was mostly reading about like college students who were they loved their rice cooker and wanted to write about it. So, <laughs> oh, oh. yeah. <sighs> um. 
Well, uh, of, of course, we humans are not confined to manual physical switches anymore. We have digital switches. Ooh. Yes. Not still not scary. It's okay. okay. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. Come back. Come okay. back. All right. <laughs> Uh, digital rice cookers contain digital thermometers that are connected to like a real simple computer that can be programmed at the touch of a few buttons on the outside of the unit to, uh, to heat or warm the pot to particular temperature settings for particular lengths of time, uh, like the way that we use standard microwaves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. But if you're going to go ahead and put a computer into a rice cooker, why not ask it to do a little bit more work for you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I feel like I'm on an emotional roller coaster on this one. <laughs> okay. Um, <yeah>. This isn't Skynet. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> and now I'm immediately more worried than I was before. All right. Uh, no, 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 no. It's it's cool. Uh, uh, rice cookers. It turns out were one of the first home appliances to make use of the theory of fuzzy logic. Ooh. Yeah. So fuzzy logic is sort of what it sounds like. Uh, okay. Uh, it's like logic with variables. Yeah. Uh, digital devices operate on Boolean logic. Uh, ones and zeros. On or off. Yes or no. Yeah. Um, yep. Fuzzy logic opens up the field of answers to all of the numbers in between one and zero. Like almost yes. Sort of no. Slightly yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it lets you program algorithms to take variables into consideration. Um, like, not just is it hot, but is it getting hotter quickly? Um, and then make a decision about how to control the temperature in that way. Um, the idea is that these machines can adjust for the actual circumstances that are occurring in real time. Like, maybe ambient pressure is making the cooking go faster. Maybe you added too much water. Um, and the machine can adjust for that based on its readings um, and cook the rice perfectly regardless. Yeah. It's basically like trying to adjust a human error. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and dealing with uh dealing with what's actually happening more in the way that a human would. Yes. And yeah. one note, I learned all about Boolean logic because I you know if you've ever played Mass Effect, but in the <laughs> third one <laughs> There was a particular death I was very unhappy with, so I went into the code and just changed the, the zero oh, to one. <laughs> wow. Wow. Because it's based dude. on choices you've made. That's hilarious. Yeah. All right. I feel pretty good about it. Well, there, yeah. <laughs> As well, you should. Thank you. Thank okay. You. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, so those are the technologies that uh that direct uh, how the temperature controls work. But of course, there are also different technologies available uh, for, for making things hot than just plain old electric heating element, um, such as induction cookers and pressure cookers. Uh, induction rice cookers work off of induction technology, um, heating the pot directly instead of um, an element beneath the pot that then heats the pot. Yeah. Um, see our induction episode for more on that. Um, and can thus offer uh, better control over the temperature. And uh, pressure rice cookers um, seal and pressurize their contents to allow for faster cooking times and hotter temperatures. Pressure cooking is a whole other episode um, for sure. Yes. For sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, so depending on all of these different technologies and features, you can get a pressure cooker for like under 30 bucks or over 500. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what what on earth, you may be asking, does a rice cooker do that costs $500? Um, well, um, one from Zojidushi um, has settings for white rice of varying textures. Like, do you want it? Do you want it soft? Do you want it firm? Do you want it sticky? Do you want it dry? Um, savory rices, sweet or sushi rices, jasmine rice, brown rice, germinated brown rice, mixed types of rices, congee, steel cut oats, rapid cooking, automatic or extended warming, and a reheat function. All right. Pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. 
Other and there you, you can you can get rice cookers. It'll do all kinds of things. Um, uh, other features from various machines include um, steaming other foods than rice, um, a cake baking option, auto cleaning, um, and delayed timers so that you can preset your machine to start cooking at like a particular time. Now this might actually be useful for me because my oven sucks. <laughs> uh, can't control the temperature in there. That, that's the most oh. technical term I can use. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so I, I recently was trying to cook a whole chicken, because uh, <laughs> I knew my oven would not not work. <laughs> I tried to cook it in the instant pot, but it wouldn't fit in there. So you know, oh. there I should I should explore. Okay, okay, yes, <laughs> this might be a good solution for me. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh. And oh, uh, uh, one one other feature. Okay, so what if you do want a layer of crisp golden brown rice at the bottom of your pot? There are rice cookers for that too. Um, the models that I've seen are referred to as Persian rice cookers. Um, that that golden crust on rice is popular in um, Iranian cuisine. So after the main cooking is done, a timer will hold the the, the nonstick pot to the heat long enough to just crisp. The bottom. Um, adding vegetable oil is part of the recipe and helps with the process. But yeah, um, uh, and apparently Iran was one of the places that this uh, one Hong Kong distributor started working with pretty early on in um, in rice cooker history. Yes, which we will yes. talk about. We um, will not yet. Not um, yet. <laughs> <laughs> Teaser. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but but right. Yeah. This this as we've been talking about. This is not all that rice cookers can do because at a certain point, right? It's just a hot pad. With a fitted pot, um, so anything that you want to warm, warm up, or cook, um, especially anything with a lot of liquid, can be done in a rice cooker with enough tenacity. Um, there are recipes out there for like poached fruit, for like hard-boiled eggs, for soups, all kinds of things, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what about the nutrition? Don't eat, don't eat home appliances. Again. There, I know there's somebody, some superhero slash villain yeah. slash super robot transformer yeah. situation uh-huh. where they they probably do eat rice cookers. But um, yeah, you you should not unless you're that <laughs> unless you're that robot. <laughs> and if you are, hello. Yeah, hi. And welcome, uh, welcome yeah. to the podcast. We welcome. please don't eat my home appliances. <laughs> Not, I'm using them. Yeah, not ours particularly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is reminding me of a browsing conversation we had about the Brave Little Toaster the other day. At the oh movie. yeah, goodness, um, that movie, Hoofda. Exactly. But anyway, yes, email us if you so desire. Uh, <laughs> we do have some numbers for you. Uh huh. Um, as of 2018, the global rice cooker market was valued at $3.2 billion or more. I saw a couple numbers up to like five-ish billion dollars anyway. Um, uh, According to that report, though, about two-thirds of the units sold that year were household appliances as opposed to commercial appliances. Um, That same year, a different report stated that over 134 million units were produced. Wow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, it's a big business. Um, f- just for example, the Chinese electronics manufacturing giant um, Medea Group. I've never heard it out loud. Um, I, it, it looks like Medea. Sure. Um, they buy some 200 metric tons of rice every year just for like rice cooker research. Wow. Yeah. And that's been a pretty common thread throughout the history. A lot of experimentation around the rice cooker. Oh, absolutely. And we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, yes, as discussed in our Rice episode, rice has long been a very important staple to much of the world and still is today. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means that cooking rice has long been very important, too. And historically, it hasn't been the easiest thing to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, in Japan, rice was traditionally cooked on a large stove that was set up in the corner of the kitchen. Uh, yeah, called a uh, kamado. Um, these are typically um, box-shaped stoves that direct heat to the, to, to the bottom of an iron pot. Right. And in order to boil and cook rice, a person, typically a woman, would first have to gather wood, start a fire, place the pot with the water and rice over the fire, and then watch as the rice cooked, since fires can be very temperamental. Uh, Yeah. And the ideal temperatures um, for cooking vary during different parts of the rice cooking process. Because of this, people have been trying to improve the process of cooking rice for a long time, and particularly perhaps in Japan. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the history of the rice cooker in Japan specifically really begins in the 1920s. Mitsubishi Electric launched a very simple industrial rice cooker in 1923. And in the 30s, the Japanese military utilized a multi-cooker in the field. But it would be a few decades before the home rice cooker became a reality. Uh, So when World War II ended in 1945, a Japanese man named Masuru Ibuka opened a radio shop in an old department store's abandoned telephone switchboard room. (laughs) I love this. I know. I love it, too. (laughs) And often the payment he received for fixing a customer's radio was uncooked rice, like perhaps attempted to cook, but not cooked or entirely uncooked. Um, Either way. Ibuka was already interested in inventing an appliance for the millions of homes with electricity, and this inspired him to invent an electric rice cooker. Uh, And it was basically a wooden bucket outfitted with aluminum electrodes, and you can find pictures of it. Uh, However, the quality of the rice that this product made was often undercooked or overcooked. Um, It wasn't consistent at all because of things like unregulated electrical currents, the type of rice used, and how much water was used. Like the quality of rice really mattered. Um, It was viewed as a failure, and it was never released in the market. Uh, Years later, though, Ibuka renamed his company to Sony, and Sony, I think, at their their museum, they have this rice cooker that you can look at. Oh, cool. I know, right? Uh, A few years later, a salesman from Toshiba named Shogo Yamada went around Japan promoting the company's electric washing machines and also at the same time surveying women about what would improve their lives and make their lives easier. 
One of the things he discovered was that the women, a lot of the women, <laughs> reported spending about three hours a day making rice. Um, yeah. So he took these findings back to Toshiba and tasked an engineer named Yoshitada Minami uh, with coming up with a solution. Uh, and he passed the project on to his wife, Fumiko, because rice was, quote, women's work. Hmm. Um, and because it was women's work, it wasn't a priority at the company because it's mostly men uh, running these big companies. And in fact, there was even a belief that a woman looking to get more sleep by saving time uh, from finding a better way to cook rice was a, quote, failed housewife. Whoa. I know. Hoof. Hoof. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> However... Uh, just because it wasn't priority didn't mean it went away. Uh, and Yoshitada, he knew engineering. Fumiko knew cooking rice. Um, so they took out a loan to buy themselves some time to experiment. And Fumiko studied the rice cookers that were available. And from 1951 to 1956, the couple, they really, really experimented. They tried all kinds of things. Fumiko cooked rice in all types of environments, for example, like on the roof uh -huh. and the rain, like all of these things. <laughs> yeah. And eventually they arrived at the, quote, double pot indirect cooking method. Uh, and this isn't quite what we're used to today. Um, okay, so double pot. Um, the two pots in question would be nested uh, smaller into the larger. You'd put rice into the smaller interior pot and water um, around it in the larger exterior pot. Uh, put a lid over the whole thing, heat the larger pot. That would create steam that would cook the rice uh, while protecting it from burning because the heat was not directly on the rice pot. Uh, double pot, indirect. Yes. Pretty cool. Uh, in 1956, the company released the electric rice cooker in Japan. And at first, the price point was a hard sell for a lot of women. But Yamato, once again, traveled around demoing the product. And when he would show that not only could it, would it save massive amounts of time cooking rice, it could also be used to cook a popular but difficult rice dish called takikomi gohan uh, that often burned. And after that, uh, these rice cookers started selling pretty fast. Uh, yeah, uh, takikobi gohan is a dish where rice is cooked along with stuff uh, like vegetables or mushrooms or proteins, uh, plus a broth and or sauce kind of situation um, instead of steaming the rice separately from the other cooked items. Um, so it can be, right, a little bit trickier. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yes. Uh, and by the next year, after it had come out, Toshiba was producing a monthly 200,000 rice cookers. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and it changed the lives of numerous women, something Toshiba really leaned into in their advertising, promising to liberate women from hours of standing and watching rice cook. Uh, there's a whole documentary on it and an essay on it I couldn't access, but I'm mm. very, very, very interested in. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, numbers from Toshiba's site indicate that by 1960, 50% of Japanese homes had a rice cooker and that in 1970, quote, total annual output had reached 12,350,000 cookers. Wow. Yeah. Oof. Yes. Um, <sighs> and... Toshiba's success inspired a slew of competitors. Uh, the company now known as Panasonic was in turmoil because uh, yeah. they, they'd been trying to get a rice cooker for a while. And they, they were like absolutely devastated that Toshiba beat them to the punch since home appliances was more their expertise. Yeah. Um, uh, Panasonic, um, then known as uh, Matsushita. The then president gave employee Tatsunosuke Sakamoto a brutal dressing down. Sakamoto's goal was to find an international market for rice cookers. So this was something he'd long wanted to do. This was not good news for him. But yeah. um, he studied Toshiba's model with a goal of surpassing it, particularly finding a way to use less metal, resulting in a cheaper product. Um, and the company released their one-pot rice cooker in 1956, and Sakamoto became head of the company's rice cooker division. Uh, this is the type that we are familiar with today. Uh, water and rice in a single pot uses less electricity, less metal, and switches itself off uh, when the rice is cooked. They were exporting these to Japanese communities in the United States a year later in 1957, and in 1959, they began exporting to Hong Kong. Yes, which about brings us to our teaser. 
that we had at the time. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So Sakamoto worked with the Hong Kong-based distributor for the company to modify their rice cooker to make it more appealing to people in Hong Kong. And from there, realized his dream of making it international. Like, you can make these little tweaks for different markets. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he traveled around the world introducing this product. Uh, Hong Kong entrepreneur uh, William Mong was really instrumental in this. He just believed in this product. Like, he went door-to-door with it. He solicited and really listened to customer feedback. Um, He created a legit empire built on rice cookers worth some billion dollars by the time of his death in 2010. Um, And Hong Kong was also just a very strategic pick for global distribution because as a free port, they could make leaps across borders a lot easier, like China and also beyond. Um, By 1967, they were selling 100,000 units a year. And a rice cooker from this brand uh, called National Brand um, is in the Smithsonian's collection. I love it. And that's one of my favorite things in doing this research is it felt like a lot of people had a specific brand that they really had loyalty to. Yeah. And one I found was the Tatung steamer, which was introduced Mm -hmm. in Taiwan in the 1960s. Uh, Though it just had one switch, it could do all kinds of things from cooking rice, reheating foods or braising dishes. At the time, things like microwaves and toasters weren't super common in Taiwan. So this steamer really was used for all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, Microwaves for home use didn't really hit it big in general until like the late 60s or early 70s. Um, That is a whole other episode that I've been avoiding. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. As mentioned previously. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. During the 1970s, though, uh, rice cookers became more widely available in the United States and hit it big not just in Asian diaspora communities, but also in African diaspora communities that had, you know, been growing rice here for a couple centuries already, like in South Carolina and Louisiana. In 1973, um, another Japanese manufacturer, the aforementioned uh, Zojirushi, uh, debuted a rice cooker with a keep warm function. Yeah. Yes. And computer controlled rice cookers were introduced in 1979. And then... In 1983, Zojirushi introduced a rice cooker that became one of the first consumer appliances to use that fuzzy logic. Fuzzy logic? What you say? (laughs) I don't know, but I'll try my best. No, I I think I get this. Okay. Um, In 1965, (laughs) UC Berkeley professor Lutfi Zadeh, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, introduced the fuzzy sets theory. So very basically, fuzzy sets theory has to do with mathematical sets. And for most of these sets, an item either belongs or does not belong, like the Boolean thing we were talking about earlier. Right, right. One Um, or zero. Yeah. Exactly. The fuzzy part allows for more wiggle room in that. Um, So working off this framework, Zadeh proposed fuzzy logic in 1973. And also very, very basically, fuzzy logic, uh, in fuzzy logic, something can belong in a set to varying degrees. So when it comes to machines like rice cookers, fuzzy logic introduces the human concept of almost, or, or words like that, in order to adjust things like temperature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then induction rice cookers were introduced in 1988. Mm-hmm. In the 1990s, South Korea debuted the pressure rice cooker. It cooks rice to like a like a softer but denser texture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 2016, the first smart rice cooker launched from Chinese company um, Jiomi. Uh, I think we think. Sure, <laughs> let's go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this this rice cooker uh, allowed you to adjust how the rice is cooked using a taste curve via an app on your phone. Like like the thing was Wi-Fi enabled, and so you could control the cooking on your phone. Wow. The innovation continues. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was cool. And, yeah, to and look it's at still all the kind of, it's, it's still kind of competitive, too, yeah. like, like company to company and country to country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was, it was cool to read about, like, all the, the things companies are working on, the features they're adding. But then also, I wouldn't call it backlash, but some people are like, 
let's go back to basics. <laughs> <laughs> I like my very simple 1960 tatong or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Like at a certain, I mean, like I, I'd certainly be willing to try all of these fancy things out. Um, and and you know, it, it's it's science in the kitchen. That's great. Yeah. Like, like see, like see how it works. Um, but uh, but I definitely got the one that I own for like 19 bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> One button, two functions. Uh, you know, yeah. I m- before before I found a good description of those two functions, I genuinely almost took mine apart to see how it works. <laughs> it is cool. Lauren and I were talking about this was a fun research one. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I really do love these technology episodes. They're oh, they're they're just such a such a, 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 a right turn at Albuquerque from. <laughs> Yes. From our usual subject matter. Yes. And we would love, listeners, if you have any strong preferences in your rice cooker or anything you make in there that might be not as well known, that would be so great if you could share it with us. (laughs) Oh, please, please, please. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Because that that is what we have to say about rice cookers ourselves for today. Um, We do have some listener mail for you, though. Yes, we do. And we'll get into that after a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listener. Listener. Mail. Mail. Does it do like a steaming thing? That's what scares me, too. The one I have, the rice cooker, you open up at the end and all the steam goes out. It makes a really haunting sound. <laughs> I've never, I, um, uh, I've, okay. okay. Uh, well, maybe, maybe the thing is, is that everything you own is haunted and this is why you're so terrified of everything. You're right. You're right. I actually, <laughs> I think you might be on something. Because, <laughs> like, 
like I feel like everything I own doesn't work correctly and is slightly dangerous. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, you know, may- maybe it's, you know, why didn't we listen to her? Like we yes. should have we should have been listening to you this whole time. Yeah. Like it was full of danger for you because your devices are haunted. Yeah. I would love uh, if somebody did like a, we were just talking about depictions of podcasters and popular media. <laughs> if somebody did like a true crime, like is Annie haunted podcast where they just dissect random statements I've made <laughs> throughout my life. And we're like, hmm. man, the next time that there's a series of pitches for one of these horror anthologies, I am, I mean, you can pitch it if you want to, because it's technically you. Um, <laughs> But if you don't, I'm definitely going to pitch that. I think it would be hilarious, illuminating, terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Just like this episode. (laughs) You would have to voice it, though. (laughs) Wow, we can get real meta with this. I like it. Oh, my goodness. I I love it. it. I love it. Put that in the back burner. Which right. also doesn't work in my apartment. Michaela uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, wrote, and I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Um, I was listening to your recent espresso episode, which was perfectly timed because a friend is taking a job in Italy and I was mm. sending him recommendations, but also some of the social cues and expectations that I picked up during my study abroad in Italy. At the end, you asked about coffee culture in Italy compared to the U.S. and if we've just had Starbucks imprinted in our brains. <laughs> The answer is yes. Um, I did study abroad 15 years ago, and it was already apparent then. Me and three others in my class all flew over on the same flight and landed in Rome after 16 hours of travel from California. We needed caffeine and found a coffee shop. My friend ordered a latte. The server asked if she wanted it hot or cold. She said hot, because why would you drink a cold latte? (laughs) When when the barista handed her the cup, it was literally a cup of warm milk. She was so confused at first, but then realized that latte is the Italian word for milk, and all she had asked for was a latte. (laughs) She should have asked for a cafe latte, which is what she was expecting, because those are actual words in Italian that mean actual things. We blame Starbucks. Um, Italy also has very specific rules about when you can order certain types of coffee. I remember we went out to dinner one night, and after the meal, I asked for a cappuccino. The server looked at me like I was crazy and asked if I meant an espresso. (laughs) No, I wanted a cappuccino. They tried convincing me that I should order an espresso, but that's not what I wanted. (laughs) I later learned that cappuccino is only for the morning. Hmm. Espresso is the only coffee option for after dinner. But thanks (laughs) to Starbucks version of coffee culture, I was used to ordering whatever was on the menu, no matter what time of day it was. There are other little nuances to how coffee works in Italy, and I'm pretty fascinated by all the rules that surround food and drink there, especially coming from a country where you can order whatever you want, whenever you want, in whatever size portion you want. Yeah. Ah. That is interesting. Ah. Oh, I'd be I in love so this. much trouble. I love it too, but I would be I'd be lost. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm continually terrified of like I, I feel like I'm bad at humaning in the culture that I grew up in right. and exist in every day. Mm-hmm. So and like 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 those little social interactions fill me with mild terror. <laughs> uh because unlike your devices, I am just haunted. <laughs> It's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, I have a genuine fear of of, of, of travel because I'm like, oh, I'm going to be extra wrong all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel that, too. I mean, and you try to, like, I, I try to do the research before I go, but there's some things you just don't think to look to into. To look up or, like, or that no one thinks to even tell you because right. it's so kind of base level right yeah or right. like not like fear is a strong word it's anxiety i guess is, yeah. is. <laughs> right yeah yeah um but no good good tips yes thank you yes i'll know not to order a latte <laughs> in, a, in italy unless you just want milk unless i just want milk which would be yeah. a strange day for me particularly but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but hey could happen, could happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh Kina wrote, again, I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Um, uh, Sumac and Lemonade episodes were back to back, but what about 
sumac lemonade. From what I found, uh, you steep about a cup of sumac in about four cups of cold water, uh, or hot if you like, um, and can stop there for sumac tea. You can make sumac lemonade by making a uh, simple syrup of even parts sugar and water and one and a half to three tablespoons of crushed sumac berries mix into water or seltzer. Um, I wanted to know if our wild sumac here in the U.S. is the same plant as the spice used in za'atar, and of course, it's not. According to the University of Colorado Boulder, the U.S. has 35 species in the genus Rus, uh, the most abundant being Rus uh, glabra? Glabra? Sure. The Middle Eastern spice is mainly Rus uh, coriaria. Um, however, red-berried varieties native to the Americas are edible, just as the Middle Eastern varieties are. As he said on the podcast, uh, the white berries are on poison sumac. Don't eat those. I've, uh, I've made sumac lemonade once, a few years ago, and I was a little squeamish because the sumac came from outside and was dirty. And how does one wash the berries without washing the flavorful fluff off of them? I'm much less squeamish today and plan to try again late this summer. That sounds delicious. It does. It does. Yeah. yeah um, that is a very uh, popular drink um, in many places where varieties of sumac grow. Um, and it sounds so nice. Lovely and refreshing. And it mm -hmm. is so hot. So... Yeah. <laughs> yes. That sounds good. Um, well, thanks to both of those listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SaverPod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits. LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.